Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. So this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And uh, as you can hear, there's music behind us. And no, this isn't a new atmospheric thing. There is actually music behind us right now. Yep, they're playing. We've got a double bass player. We've got a an accordionist. And, I, you know, I don't really know what that third instrument is called. Dulcimer. Is that it? Okay, I should know that. I, mean, I do have a music degree, but, uh, but yes. They work well together. Yes, and why are we here? It's because we're doing our sound episode, the first in a series of episodes about the senses. Why not sound first? Rome is full of lush sounds, right? Exactly. I think that obviously Rome is gorgeous to look at, but of the other four senses, I think definitely sound is the one that has got to affect you the most when you're here. And where are we right now? So we are in Piazza Santa Maria in Trastevere, which is the central square of the neighborhood where we both live, Trastevere. It is a very atmospheric square. A lot of, there's always people hanging around here, young people sitting around, young couples kissing and uh, kids dancing to the music and just always full of life. And there's a beautiful church here as well, an, a medieval church dedicated to Mary, obviously, hence the name Santa Maria in Trastevere. And the oldest church in Rome, is it not? It's actually not the oldest church in Rome, no, but it is the oldest church in Rome dedicated to Mary which is important and it is one of the let's say one of the five probably oldest official churches in the city so these gentlemen who are playing behind us right now uh, are frequently here this is a daily occurrence if not every other day they're certainly here all weekend every single weekend so we knew that we had a good chance of hearing some kind of music if we came down here today yeah and they're not the only ones who play here Uh, they've been here very regularly lately but I've heard com- other completely different types of groups here. I've heard uh, jazz quintets playing here, swing music. I've heard guitar players, solo guitar players here. I've heard a, a, a couple of girls used to come and play the flute. Um, you, you really get almost anything here. Yeah, an American bluegrass group was playing here last weekend, and they are based in Italy, but they were using their skills to work their way around the world, and they were on their way to New Zealand, so lucky them. Wow, that's impressive. A reason to be a musician. Should we listen a little more? Sure. And a little wind there, too, huh? going to uh, walk away around the corner so that you can hear us a little better and we'll see what other sounds we can hear. Uh, We'll be right back. Okay, now we're on the other side of the fountain and we are getting soaking wet because the wind is blowing, but this is the sacrifices that we make for you. We want you to be able to hear this beautiful fountain. At the risk of ruining my equipment, let's take a listen. This fountain is the oldest fountain in Rome? This is not the oldest fountain in Rome, no. Nothing's the oldest fountain in Rome. 
So I don't know if you heard that voice there just a moment ago, but it was some some Roman, I would call him a quato, which is a, a word that means kind of like a, not a bully, it's not quite that bad, but it's someone who's a little bit, a little bit of, like a tough guy, someone who likes to pretend he's a tough guy. So he, uh, just while Katie was recording the beautiful sounds of the fountain, this guy walked up to us. I heard him, Katie didn't hear, but I heard him say, what are they doing? Recording the water? Don't they know the water isn't going to respond to them? And uh, so he came up. I he, actually thought the did. water was going to respond to me. Oh, it did, actually. Uh, anyway, he came up to us. He was going to try to make fun of us. But uh, I think that Katie's professional attitude scared him off. So he scampered away. But what I was going to say was that this, uh, this is not the oldest fountain in Rome. And actually, there is some interesting story about this fountain, but it's escaping me. But it is a beautiful fountain right in the center of the square. And it has four enormous shells on every corner. Well, I know from reading in the book I have about our neighborhood that this fountain was here for quite a long time and then they added the shells later to enhance it. Man, you're making me look bad. I've done my (laughs) research. (laughs) Thank goodness, one of us has. Well, the fountain also has about six or seven steps leading up to it, all the way around it. It's a centerpiece of the square. And so that's why a lot of people uh, convene here because it's a very comfortable place to just sit do a crossword puzzle or have a slice of pizza or chat with your friends. Do you have a favorite sound in Rome or in Italy that you don't find in your native Seattle? Mm, well, I think church bells. I love the sound of church bells. And you, you probably could hear that if you were near, what's the cathedral in Seattle? I can't think of it. St. James? In, yes, that's correct. I'm sure if you live right by there, you might hear some church bells. But you don't hear a lot, and in Rome you hear them everywhere, absolutely everywhere you go, especially at noon and 7 p.m. or 6 p.m., whenever Mass happens to be in that particular church. Sometimes you can hear all the church bells ringing at the same time. One particular time that happened, very memorable moment, was when the former Pope Benedict XVI had just left office. He had, uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, he famously resigned the office and as he was leaving the Vatican in his helicopter all of the church bells of Rome were rung. It's a pretty exciting moment. The only other time I know of, and I'm sure it's happened other times, but the only other time that I know of which all the church bells of the city were rung was when Pope Julius II ordered the Lao Kwan statue to be brought to the Vatican in 1506 or 07. So it doesn't happen every day, but that that's um, that was very memorable. And so I like church bells. What about you? Well, I, I was thinking as we stand by this fountain that a lot of what I think of when I think of Rome is the sound of water running. And that's not just because there's fountains throughout the city, but there's also the nozone, the big noses, mm-hmm. as we call them, that are little water fountains, spigots that are running all over the city so you can stop and get a cool drink of water from the mountains anytime that you want. But they just run in perpetuity. It's not like you turn them on and off. So oftentimes when I'm walking along and I'm thirsty, it's my ears that tell me that there's somewhere around me there's one of those fountains before I ever actually see it. Because they're tucked in places that might have been practical at one point, but now that there's auto traffic throughout the city, sometimes they're parked behind where a car is parked or in a dark corner up an alley that nobody really travels on anymore. And so you have to listen for them, but they are around every street corner. So I often think of Rome as the sound of water. 
The sound of water and the sound of accordions, of course. Yes, lots of accordion players. Well, you know, Rome has the most fountains of any other city in the world. And one client once told me that the city with the second largest number of fountains, and I do find this hard to believe, but he swore that it was the case, Kansas City has the second largest number of fountains in the world. Now, or, or maybe just the largest in America, but I, I want to say it was the second largest number of fountains in the world. So if you're from Kansas City, you, you can let us know if that's true. Uh, well, do you think we should move to a different location, see if we can find another sound? I do, I do. Okay. okay. All right, so where are we now? Right now we're in the portico of Santa Maria in Trastevere, the church we were just talking about a moment ago. We're going to step inside and uh, see if who knows, there's some music playing or something else going on inside. Who knows, it might just sound like a big echoey church, but I can already smell the incense, and when we get to the scent of smell, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that. But we'll see if there's any kind of sound in this old, old church. Tiffany's going to get the door. Nothing. No, just some photos snapping, that's all I hear. It's very pretty, though. It's very dark in here right now. The sun is kind of coming through the three stained glass windows in a very golden tone. I like this church a lot. I do too. Oh, someone just put a coin in. I don't know if you could hear the clinking of the coin, but someone just put a coin in and lit up the apps. So now we can see the, uh, the frescoes in the apps of Christ and Mary by Pietro Cavallini. But since it's so quiet, I guess we'll have to look for another occasion. We're on our way back out again. By the way, whenever you're in a church in Rome, you should whisper. <laughs> Stop talking in a regular voice. And obviously now we're back in the square. Yes, we are. Are there any sounds that you miss from the United States? Hmm. Or that you can even remember having heard in the United States? <coughs> I'm gonna. I'm not gonna answer that question because I can't think of anything. But I will say something slightly related. When I was hoping and dreaming about moving to Rome about ten years ago, exactly now, there was a sound that uh, there was a car alarm that I remember very distinctly. I don't know if you know this car alarm that it has several different types of sounds. It changes. Katie, thank you. That is exactly <laughs> what I meant. Exactly. So I used to hear that one little bit that went, and that reminded me of Europe because that's how sirens sound in Europe. In America, you know, you've got the, the howling one that starts really low and gets higher and higher and goes back down again. But in, in Europe, generally, you've got the, and every time I heard that siren, I used to think about Europe. I know it sounds absolutely ridiculous and stupid, but I did. And I used to think, okay, if the siren stops, because you know eventually those car alarms, they get shut off. And I used to think, if the car alarm stops, when it's doing that European siren sound, that means that I'm going to move to Italy. It was like my little test. And I guess it worked, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or it was sheer will, one of the two. But I like the superstition of it. Yes, I am a superstitious person, when I want to be. <laughs> what else are you superstitious about? The only thing I'm really superstitious about is putting a hat on a bed. Don't ask me why, but I, I really feel strongly that you should never put a hat on a bed. 
but it's very bad luck. But there's a black cat that lives in my neighborhood. Actually lives right on my street. And if I had to try to avoid that cat stepping in front of my path every day, I would never get to work. So I have since given up the superstition of the black cat crossing my path. Would you walk under a ladder? No, not, not unless, I mean, I literally had no choice. I would try to avoid it unless I couldn't avoid it. But what about you? Do you have any superstitions? I don't think so. No. I'll open an umbrella inside, I'll walk under a ladder. I mean, the only reason I wouldn't walk under a ladder is because I would be afraid the ladder would fall on my head. Oh. I can hear bells. Is that here? Yeah, it's here. This church, out of all the churches in Rome, maybe there are others that do it, but this is the only one I know of that rings every quarter hour. And it rings the number of the hour, obviously. It just rang four, I suppose. No. What time? It must have just rung five, sorry. It's five in the afternoon here. So it rings five times and then it changes tone. And if it's the quarter of the hour, it will ring one more time. If it's the half, it'll ring two more times. And if it's three quarters, it'll ring three more times. So you, if you live anywhere near this church, you pretty much always know what time it is without having to look at a watch or at your phone. I do live by this church, so I think that's about true. Do you hear this from your house? Because I don't hear it from my apartment anymore. If the breeze is right, I do. I live right across the street from another church, so I hear that one more often, particularly on Sunday mornings. That's the one that's the call to rise and get to church. It was the church across the street from you, I guess. Yes. I don't know what church that is. Uh, I know it's a um, cappuccino church, but I don't know okay. otherwise. See, my church, the one closest to my house, we live on the same street, but because there are so many churches in Rome, I think there's one on every block, probably. The one near my house, I, I can't hear it probably as well as you can hear yours because it's not right across the street, but it's, it's about a block away. But what I was going to say about telling the time by sound, there's another way to do that here, and that is by the canon on Janicolo Hill. Which, by the way, scared me to death the first time I heard it because I was right next to it. Really? When Was this when you first came? Yeah. No, just a few weeks ago. And you'd never heard it before? No. It's until you're standing right on top of it with a huge puff of white smoke billowing over your face and you have no idea what just happened that made me take notice now I hear it <laughs> I bet you <laughs> but do. I don't know before maybe I just thought it was a truck but please continue what is the canon well uh, the canon is is a commemoration it's it's a way of remembering the unification of Italy and the several decade-long struggle that Italy went through to gain independence because so many of those battles were fought on the Gianicolo Hill which is right behind Trastevere basically right behind where both of us live and so every day at noon, they shoot a, a blank, more or less. They don't actually shoot a cannon off into the city. It makes a very loud noise if you're nearby, extremely loud. And it, they do it every day at 12 o'clock. And my husband actually will set his watch by it. We still live in Giustevere, as I said, but we used to live much closer to the hill and we used to be able to hear it from our apartment. Now we don't anymore, but back in those days, he used to set his clock by it. Very nice. Well, let's see if we can find another location. Okay. Where would you suggest we go next? I think we should head towards the river. Oh, okay. All right. All right, so we're back, and we've decided that we're just going to record while we're walking. We're walking down to the Tiber River. You might hear a little wind now and then. It's a little bit of a breezy day. Let me see if I can hear these guys. So what was that, Tiffany? Um, that was a gypsy, and uh, she uh, she was having a little bit of an argument with an Italian man, 
and he was asking her where she was from because apparently she changes her story every day. And she said, no, I'm from Bosnia. He said, oh, you're from Bosnia. Today you're from Bosnia. Yesterday you were from Romania. She looks, but the only part of her that you can see are her eyes. Her eyes, she doesn't look older than 45, but she, the way she's dressed and the way her body, she's holding her body, she looks like she's about 90. You know, that's part of the... Part of the gimmick, I think. Oh, yeah, you don't want to give money to somebody working age, right? Exactly, exactly. That's an ongoing debate, of course, in the United States as well, is who do you give money to when they ask on the side of the road? I'm one of those people that errs on the side of just giving money to anybody. Mm. What's a few quarters to me, and if I give them the money, it doesn't matter to me what they spend it on. It's their money at that point. But I'm a bit of a radical perhaps in that regard so I mean the gypsies are everywhere here so I must say that I wouldn't have enough money to pass out if I was responsive every time they asked. That's another sound. That was an ambulance yes that was it that European ambulance sound that I longed for so much and now I hear it more often than I'd like. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. That's the, one but of the number one sounds. Just, just a word about the gypsies. Just, I totally agree with you in the United States. But in Italy, it isn't like, oh, I'm going to give them a quarter and they're going to have a quarter to do what they want with, to buy food, to buy alcohol if that's what they want. No, it's not like that. Here, all the money that gypsies or beggar people in general, regardless of their race, collect goes to a racket. They're not just on their own, sitting on the street and begging for money. They're part of a racket, and the money that they collect goes to petty mafia bosses. So I would really advise when you're in Rome, don't give money to them because it just goes to create more crime. Good advice. There are other people to give money to. If you really want to give your money away, there are plenty of good causes. So now we are on the Ponte Sisto Bridge, heading over the Tiber River. Yes, this is one of my favorite bridges in the city, and I used to walk across this bridge about two times a day. It's a charming, old-fashioned bridge. There's a hole in the bridge as well, at the, near the base of it, where if the Tiber gets high enough, the water will go through. And I've never seen it actually go through, but I've seen it come very, very close. Well, and I've read that before the walls, the retaining walls that have been built to keep the city from flooding now, uh, before they were here, I read somewhere that uh, when the water went through the hole on the Ponte Sisto Bridge, that's when everybody knew that they were really in trouble. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, and I would even say maybe even before that, because uh, the city used to flood almost every year, not always badly. The Tiber River is a, it is a tempestuous river. So there's lots of people selling stuff on this bridge. I don't know if you can hear that little squeaky sound. Um, that's someone selling this really obnoxious toy that, I don't know, must appeal to somebody because otherwise they wouldn't sell it. But this little buzzy thing that you throw down and it's made of plastic and it... It looks like a pig and they must sell a ton of them because the people sell them all over the city. Now we're coming up on another accordion player. Mm-hmm. This song is a really popular one. I hear it a lot. Do you know what it is? No, I don't know what it is, but it's one of those accordion songs that everybody seems to know. And they play over and over and over again. You must recognize it, right? You don't recognize it. Not this one. 
Maybe, maybe it's my imagination, or maybe I've just been here too long. But I feel like this is the one song that all accordion players know. Well, maybe it is. Any accordion players listening, let us know what the song is. Well, um, there is one accordion player who sometimes is on this bridge. She's not here today. She's great. She, you know who I'm talking about, right? She's so into her playing. You know, some of the, I gotta say, some of the accordion players kind of going over and over the same thing again and again because that's the song that they know or just because they don't care. But she, when she is up there, it's feel like you're watching a concert. She's so passionate and she gets so emotional in her music and she always is playing a different piece. So she's, she's amazing. Well, that's one thing that's been interesting to me about living here and then you get to know who the street performers are. Obviously I realized that people have to come up with a routine, but I don't think I realize how permanent the routine <laughs> is. Unvaried. There is a man who plays outside of my window probably four, five, six, seven times a day. A day? A day. Nice. I, I mean, during the height of tourist season, if the pizza place that I live above has their tables out, he'll stop by at least at lunch, if not twice at lunch. And then once dinner gets started, he'll come by a couple times in the night. So I'm can, sure- Can I guess what he plays? If you'd like. I don't know which exact, which street musician you're talking about, but I'm just gonna throw out He there. plays the violin. Oh, he plays the violin, okay. Then I can't be positive, but I would guess that at some point he plays Besame Mucho. Could that be? I don't know. He ends with Over the Rainbow. It's not bad. He plays so fast. And of course, he drives Derek kind of crazy because it's so ritual. He's playing three songs, he does a medley. He switches between the three songs and all the flourishes are exactly the same every single time. It's gotten to a point where I can sing along with it. I can hum and know all the interchanges. It drives Derek crazy and so I've been trying to convince him that he should just enjoy the ritual of it. Don't you feel comfortable knowing exactly what's gonna happen next? I'm with Derek on this. I can't handle it. And I think that the, the, the street musicians do sort of, there'll be somebody who's like, like those guys in Santa Maria in Trastevere who we just heard. They're really big right now. They've got that spot, but they weren't there last year. So they do rotate, but I know that when I first moved here, the songs that I heard every single day were My Way, Besame Mucho, and Arrivederci Roma. Those were the three. Every, sing, every single street performer played those three songs. And it, it gets old. You don't want to hear that. I mean, but I feel like for them, I mean, as a musician myself, why do you want to sing the same three songs? Not five times a day, not ten times a day, but hundreds of times a day. Wouldn't That's you, the wind again, sorry. Wouldn't you just for your own personal sanity choose to, to mix it up a little bit and change the song. I don't know. That's just the way I see it. Maybe it's just a way to not stress yourself out about your work. Or with the violin player, I sometimes wonder if it's all he knows. It's very likely all he knows. And if it's working, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could assume that probably a lot of the street musicians, not all of them, I doubt, I'm sure that the guys in the square who were of a certain level are trained to a certain extent and probably can read music. But I would guess that a lot of the street musicians in Rome do not know how to read music and were taught by someone in their racket, I'm sorry to say. Or family. Or family, same difference sometimes, the notes to play and, and how to play them. And so probably they, they don't couldn't learn anything else if they wanted to. That said, I think that this city, when people think about visiting here, 
part of what they'll remember and think is characteristic of Rome are accordion players like the one standing behind us. And personally, even if he's playing the same six songs over and over and over, it feels better to me than the typical things I hear out of my window in Seattle, which are cars going by, very similar to this, and leaf blowers, lawnmowers. I do like the sound of a lawnmower. It seems like spring or summer to me. Lawnmowers. Last year, I had a baby crow that lived across the street in a tree with his parents. That was the most demanding <laughs> crow I have ever heard in my life. Why his mother didn't throw him from the nest, I'm not sure. And I'm a crow lover. He was the most obnoxious bird, and he was up from morning until after the sun went down, screaming. So that was another sound. On a side note, Nat, do you know that your crows here sound different than the ones in the United States? No, I did not know that. They do, very distinctly different. They have a higher and uh, a less rough and abrasive call than we have in the United of States. Of course, because opera was invented in Italy. Come on, what, it's obvious that an Italian crow would have a higher and less abrasive voice. It makes perfect sense. They also sound a little bit more weeny. They could get their butts kicked by the American crows. <laughs> but that's <laughs> also just probably true. No, but I want to go back to what you just said, that you that the accordion playing is a very much a part of Italy and part of Rome particularly, and I agree, and I like it. I don't like the violin players who play out of tune. Sorry, I don't. But I do like the accordion players. When I walk across this bridge that is so picturesque with St. Peter's in the distance and the sycamore trees spilling out over the riverbanks and the cobblestones on the bridge shining in the afternoon light, I have to say that the accordion sound is sort of the cherry on the cake and it really does make it an incredibly atmospheric and very characteristic of Rome snapshot. And it makes you feel just that you are in this place. Yeah, it makes The you traffic like, does too. It, it makes you right. feel kind of like you're living in that moment. I don't know, I always felt like when I used to walk across this bridge every day, usually on my way home from work, around this time, around five, the sun going down. It's not quite going down yet, but it's starting to. And, you know, this warm breeze blowing on you. And you hear As this, you can hear in the microphone. And you hear this, this sound, and you feel like, I'm so alive in this moment. All your senses are activated. And, no, I love it, too. I love it, too. We should really move on. What do you say? Yeah. All right. Well, this episode is running a little long, but we are going to move on to one more location and get out of the wind, and we'll end it there. So stay with us for one moment. So where are we now? So we are in Campo de Fiori, which is a very bustling square. Should we listen to this for a second? Yeah. So what you just heard was a Roman street sweeper. Here, let's step out of the wind. So basically, Campo de Fiori hosts a market, a food and fruit and vegetable market every day. And about 3 p.m. they start breaking down. And uh, all the market sellers pack up their stuff and leave. And they just leave their garbage and their unsold fruit and vegetable, anything that they couldn't sell again, 
they just leave it where it is. So the, the garbage men have to come in and clean everything up. And that's what they're doing right now. They're actually almost done. We've only got one street sweeper in the entire square. But about an hour ago, there were probably five or six at least. And I would like to point out that this sound that you're hearing of the street sweeper behind me is the very first sound that I hear every morning when I wake up. This guy comes by at about 6.30 in the morning, maybe 7. Uh, and generally it's preceded by the sound of sweeping and uh, beer bottles being knocked over because people often leave beer bottles along the street and then the street sweeper staff will come through with their brooms, knock them all over into the side of the road or into the middle of the road, I mean. So you'll hear clinking of glass rolling across the street and then you'll hear this sound of the street sweeper coming by to scoop it all up and uh, wash the street in the process. But thank goodness for them, eh? Thank goodness for them, yes. And one of the reasons why we wanted to come here to end is just because we've been talking about all the beautiful and picturesque sounds of Rome, accordion music, whether it be good or bad. The truth of the matter is, is that Rome is a very loud place, and it's not just a loud place because of music. It's a loud place because of machinery like this that goes on all day long. And also because of people talking very loud. And it's kind of like which came first, the, the, the chicken or the egg? Are people so loud because this city is so loud? Or is the city so loud just because Italians are loud and they don't try to be quiet when they do anything? Or is everyone deaf by the time they're 10 <laughs> years old because everything's so loud? Could, it really could be that. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. But it's true. It, this is a, a medieval-looking town in many areas, but it certainly is not a medieval-sounding town in a lot of areas. There is well, not until the church bells start ringing. Right. A lot of motorbike activity and a lot of uh, street sweeping. But this is the price of living in the city, is it not? It's oftentimes the cars that we both rely on and get very, very sick of. Oh, we're going to get rid of those streets. Oh my god, the streets we were almost got us. <laughs> this is the problem. You have to pay attention in Rome. Well, and I guess we'll go up here by this other band that's oh, playing. just ended. Oh, wait, no, they're starting up again. We'll, we'll end with some beautiful music, but this is the thing. This is what I encourage people to, I try to encourage people to do through my work in the radio, is to listen to the world around them. Because the world is uh, different wherever you go. Well, thanks for joining us this time. Yes, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. We welcome your questions and your feedback. Reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at mail.com.